It's Wednesday, June 9th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill with me today. Clay Burning in the house. Good to see you. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going well. Uh, we've got data analytics to discuss. We've got some restaurant news. We're going to begin in the Midwest with Casey's General Stores. Uh, Casey's wrapped up the fiscal year with a solid fourth quarter. Profits and revenue came in higher than expected. Same store sales were up nearly 13%. I mean, I get the stock is down a little bit today. This this seemed like a good quarter. Yeah, it did. And it, it was a pretty good year overall. Um, and to me, this is just kind of a, a rock solid business. They're consistently growing, you know, not at a staggering pace. I think, you know, five to 10% clip on an annual basis consistently generating profit and using that to fund uh, investments. Most notably, they're acquiring more stores. I think uh, this past quarter, they announced they're going to acquire about 50 uh, stores, Circle K stores, which I'm familiar with from my time in North Carolina. Um, So, you know, just kind of a rock solid business. They pay the dividend. uh, And I think they actually could be a beneficiary to an extent, um, of inflation in terms of being able to pass off some of those costs to customers. So, you know, like I said, just rock solid business, um, you know, that should, should be just fine. And it seems like one of those businesses, certainly if you look at this quarter, I mean, part of the story for Casey's was a nice increase in foot traffic in the stores as more people get vaccinated, as more States open up. This seems like, and by the way, People are traveling. They need to put gas in the tank, um, you know, get some snacks, get some pizza, that sort of thing. It seems like Casey's, I don't want to put any pressure on them, but it seems like they are set up for a, a pretty nice second half to 2021. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, foot traffic is up. And something that kind of caught my eye was uh, they are kind of taking advantage of that digitization, if you will. They noted they have 3.6 million rewards members, which is something I always look for because I'm one of those uh, consumers who's constantly eager to get you know rewards if I'm a loyal customer, and that kind of breeds loyalty, uh, especially for a consumer like me. Uh, and they had 96% growth uh, of digital sales, which I didn't even realize that convenience stores or gas station have digital sales. So a couple of interesting tidbits that I saw in, in the press release for the quarter. So encouraging signs, both on, on, you know, post COVID and kind of COVID impacts there. Uh, you mentioned inflation that ties into our next story, which is that last month Chipotle announced it would raise hourly wages for restaurant workers up to $15 an hour by the end of June to make up for that. Chipotle has increased prices on the menu by 4% to cover the costs I get that we are past earnings season, and so it's not the busiest week for news. I mean, this. I looked at this, and I just thought, yeah, this seems normal. This this seems like the appropriate move. Yeah, and, and this is close to home to me. I'm a huge Chipotle fan. I've sadly been sitting on the sidelines since I wrote up a, a senior thesis on, on the company and the rebound story with uh, the new CEO coming in from Taco Bell. Um, but I kind of have a, a quick anecdote here. So my local Chipotle, and I live in in Montana here, um, they were constantly having issues in terms of staffing uh, to the point where they closed the store for in-person ordering. They were only taking online ordering. And uh, one of the the times I, you know, caved in and did the online order, which I'm I'm not a huge fan of personally. I like doing the in-person order. 
I asked one of the, the line chefs, Hey, like, is this, you know, do you all like this? Is it making you all more efficient? He says, we don't really have a choice. We can't hire, like we, we don't have enough staff to fill the stores. And this is probably a month, month and a half ago. So hearing they were going to raise the wages was music to my ears. And they've since been able to hire a couple and I, I can order again in person, which I'm thankful for. Um, but it makes total sense. And I think a lot of consumers, myself included, are more than willing to pay, you know, an, an additional 4%, which is probably going to equate to something like 20, 30 cents for, you know, your chicken bowl, your chicken burrito. Um, so I, I think this is going to be totally fine. And again, this is another uh, story of a, uh, a company being able to pass on the cost of inflation onto their customers. So. And I get that every different, every business is different. You know, every restaurant, whether it's an individual mom and pop, a local place, or a national chain like Chipotle, they, you know, they're all, um, they're all going to make their own decisions, and they're all dealing with the same thing, though, which is, you know, how do we get people to work here, and and we're just going to have to decide what we want to do. And fortunately, in Chipotle's case. When you think about the way they market themselves, it is not there. There is not a sort of value proposition to Chipotle. Uh, I get if you know Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, uh, you know, which are three successful chains that do offer value uh, meals. I get if they are reticent to to boost up wages because that's going to you know that's part of their proposition is like oh for this amount of money we're going to feed you. And, you know, I think you're right. I mean, this is, this is the thing Warren Buffett always says he loves to see in businesses is pricing power. And, you know, Chipotle can't raise prices to the moon, but you know, 4% seems really doable for them. Absolutely. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com from Jason Long in Colorado. He writes, hi guys, Jason Moser talked about Elastic on Motley Fool Money recently. I'd be curious to get your take on a company called Sumo Logic. They compete in the same market and announced their most recent earnings last week. What do you think? And he adds, P.S. I appreciate everything you do in your stock advisor service. I've done very well since I signed up 16 months ago. Please let the stock advisor team know that they have a happy customer here. Uh, consider it done, Jason. So Sumo Logic, in the same way that when Jason Moser mentioned Elastic, and I had never heard of that business before, I had never heard of Sumo Logic until uh, this email came in. Um, am I right that you know they're, they're in sort of the, the data analytics industry? Yes? Yeah, so they are a SaaS company or software as a service company that helps address the digital transformation by using automation and data to help build actionable insights for company um, or companies, excuse me. Uh, on the service, I, I love the concept more so because I, I think big data is the present and it is the future. When you think about just about every single uh, industry is using big data in some way, whether it's you know machine learning or you know quantitative analysis in the financial services industry, you name it, there's going to be data that's being included and it's going to be increasingly used moving forward. Um, I wasn't familiar with this company either. I took a, a quick look at some of the financials um, and whatnot, and that's where I had some pause. Um, you know, their growth is slowing a little bit. They didn't grow quarter over quarter at all. Uh, 15% year over year in the first quarter um, versus 45% growth on the revenue side of things um, in the first quarter of 2020. Um, 
in my opinion, I, I just think they're better opportunities in the kind of data analytics space. Um, a couple of names I'm semi-familiar with are Spunk and Datadog, and Datadog would be the one um, that I'd be most interested in um, personally. So I think this is starting to be a crowded space, and you have to to pick pick the players, um, you know, with with some thought. And for me personally, after just a kind of quick surface look, Sumo wouldn't be my my first pick. Do you think that um, you know, for all of the opportunity in this industry, do you think? we're likely to see some consolidation over the next few years. And the reason I ask that is because Sumo Logic went public last fall. Uh, the stock is not trading dramatically below where it IPO'd, but you know, it's, it's below, it's about 20% below where it IPO'd. Um, the, you know, the, Listener referenced uh, Jason Moser's mention of Elastic. Elastic's like an $11, $12 billion company. Sumo Logic's about a $2 billion company. And it seems like if, you know, if there is going to be consolidation, they could be a candidate to be acquired. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I was about to say, if you didn't mention it, uh, you know, it's a $2 billion company. Um, you compare it, like you say, to Elastic, I think is you said 14 or 15. And then you have a, a kind of the biggest player up and coming player uh, is Datadog. Um, I think they're approaching 30 billion market cap. So I, I think, you know, if the management teams at other companies are interested in, you know, acquiring for growth and maybe go for Datadog uh, or excuse me, go for Sumo. Um, and there's definitely going to be some consolidation in the space when you have kind of legacy players like Spunk, Splunk, that are struggling a little bit, they're going to probably try to acquire for growth as well. So I think this is definitely kind of a, uh, an industry to look for some consolidation. And like you said, Sumo is probably fitting that bill uh, to its seat. Uh, last thing before I let you go, uh, does this company might get acquired ever show up on your list when you're thinking about buying a stock? Um, and if so, where does it fall on the list? Yeah, I, I don't try to think about that when I'm looking at a company because you can never, you know, know the future for sure. Um, so I would never use that as a, a reason to actually put money in a, in a company saying, hey, I think, you know, Datadog's going to acquire this company. It'll probably be at a 30%, 40% premium. That's just, uh, you know, a guess or a forecast on something that you have no way of knowing unless you have insider information, which is, you know, a whole nother story. So <laughs> that's not something that I really ever consider. So. Yeah, you don't want to get the lawyers involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Clay Bruning, great talking to you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.